Welcome to Enlisted Craftsmen, where veterans talk knives and lives. My name's Ethan Lee of E. Lee Custom Knives, and I'm joined by Garrett Elting of Steel Pig Forge and Mike Rizzo of Muffin Man Metalworks. Be sure to give us a follow at the underscore enlisted underscore craftsman on Instagram. And if you would like a question or a funny military story of yours featured on the show, be sure to email us at enlistedcraftsman at gmail.com. Fresh muffins hot out of the oven! So I was thinking about it, and, I, and you guys remember when we did the three favorites on our knives? On knives? Well, what are... I was thinking, let's do the three favorite things about the military that we liked, and then the three things that we hated. So, oh, I, I so I'm going to start off with a favorite. My absolute favorite thing, and this kind of depends on how many duty stations a person would see, but, well, I've got this three favorites, but this is one of my favorites. I always enjoyed how I would be, I'd know people in one state, then I'd move to a whole other state across the country, and I would run into people that I knew. I'd run into people from that I knew in Washington or, or in South Carolina when I lived in Washington. I'd, I'd run into people in Washington State uh, that I knew from New York and even boot camp sometimes. So I always thought that was a really cool thing. That was one of my three favorites right there. Wow, that's crazy. I don't think I... I don't think I ever met someone I went to boot camp ever again. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like... Yeah, well, Garrett's is a little different, yeah. Well, like, I would meet people that would in, that uh, failed out of nuke school that would end up being on carriers and stuff later on. Like, I, I met people, uh, or the people ended up, they ended up getting a complete different job. There was one guy I was in A school with, actually, and I think he ended up failing out of uh, A school or power school. Then he ended up being a torpedo man on, on my boat. Oh, wow. So... Yeah, so well, as far as boot camp goes, I mean, I so I did I did 4 weeks and then I got hurt. So then I had to go through like a physical therapy program. My arm was in a cast for 6 to 8 weeks and then I went back to week yeah. 1 and did another 9 weeks or whatever. So like technically I did boot camp with two units and collectively all of those people I've never seen again. <laughs> Something tells me that that's also one of your most hated things. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Well, I mean, are we we're gonna swoop into negative? Well, not yet. I just no? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Negative. 
Gary, why don't you back us up with oh, something good? Let's see here. Let's find a positive. Um, hang on, wait. So we're doing three good and three bad, right? right? Yeah. Three good first, okay, three yeah. good, three bad. <laughs> well, okay. I had the opportunity. I actually went through boot camp and what would be a school at school of infantry, and then also I went to the fleet with a lot of guys that I went went to boot camp with. So I knew, gosh, a whole. Got probably thirty or forty guys that went to my unit that I went to boot camp with. So that was kind of crazy. Um, so the people that you slept with, slept next to in boot camp on racks, you ended up going to Afghanistan, insane. sleeping with them there yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like the best way. So to then do it. you know, school of infantry is kind of a. It's it's all the it's only infantry MOSs, so like. We had seven companies, seven, is it, was it companies or platoons, seven platoons in our company at boot camp. And each platoon had like 90 something kids in it. And of those seven platoons, I think there was only like 120 infantry guys or something like that. So we all went to the school of infantry together. So we were in boot camp together, We were, but in different platoons but yeah it's still even some of the guys that i slept next with in boot camp uh shit one of the guys multiple yeah. guys that were in my wedding i was in boot camp with and that's a lot that kind of thing that's pretty cool no wonder there's so much camaraderie in the marine corps then yeah yeah well like it, it it's like done that way if you have like a combat arms job so it's like uh, in the army it's called one station unit training it's like where you just stay together from basically day 1 yeah you're like siblings at that point yeah that's yeah much, that's pretty much it which and that's weird cuz like your unit has drill instructors whereas like we have just a drill station and then you get sent out to your units well, out to your A school and then your unit, so, you know, that's interesting. I don't know, I really liked, uh, I really enjoyed boot camp. I lost, like, 30 pounds. It was awesome. Yeah, I did, I actually did, too. Well, I mean, like, I, I didn't mind boot camp at all, actually. I mean, I, <laughs> it was know. just, like, we're just going to get yelled at a lot for no reason. Like, like yeah. I didn't do anything to deserve this. I was just gonna be stand here and take it. Cool. Yeah. Well, like yeah. As, as I mean, as soon as you figure out that you're just kind of like a person who can like adapt and cope with it, it it actually really is kind of mm -hmm. easy. Well, knowing what I know yeah. now, there is so few of things that one they can actually do to you. Yeah. And two that you can actually fail boot camp for there's only like three actual things in navy boot camp you can that will get you kicked out other than like something you know crime related or drugs or something crazy like that like you have to pass your swim have to pass the run and you have to pass the last event which is called battle stations Th those three things are the only three things you actually have to do you can sit as a spectator for everything else you don't do marksmanship at all you can so the you do not have to do live fire. You you, uh, you have to do the training. You have to sit through the training, but you don't. I didn't actually do live fire in boot camp. I did. Get out of no, here. No, I'm serious. Not a requirement. I did. So I I was the one guy that went to a school with just the one ribbon, not two. 
Oh wow. Yeah. Imagine getting a corman, a, a boot corman that you're taking to Afghanistan in three months. Yeah. With your guys wow. for the last six months training to go to Afghanistan, and you're like, hey, dude, let's go and do this. And he's like, I don't even know which way the gun goes. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But. Yeah, wow. I, I didn't know that. I, I, I thought you guys did marksmanship. Well, the yeah. reason, well, we did just pistol and, and Navy boot camp. The only reason I know that, we did the. We didn't do the shotgun in boot camp, but we did do the shotgun later on as our six-month qual. We had to do a few few things with shotgun. Oh, yeah. I was just thinking about it. There was a time a guy put the shotgun shell in backwards and tried to... Good yeah. Lord. That was, that was a fun one. <laughs> he meant well. He just... <laughs> he'd only ever shot a shotgun in boot camp, you know? So yeah, I mean the way it works is is that actually the firing pin hits the shot column and then the the primer is the projectile. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. But oh, uh, slug works. But the only reason I know this stuff is because I was in the same situation as Mike. I was in the what they call the RCU, the recruit convalescent unit, and that's when because I was I was in boot camp an entire extra month and no. Uh, I literally straggled, what they called it, straggling. I was just another guy that joined another random division to all these other events. Yeah. So, like, the firefighter yeah. training, like, you don't have to actually do that. I didn't do it. I just sat in the, in the off in the, you know, sat at attention, whatever sitting at attention even is, and now the whole time and just watched everything. Oh, no, see, like, well... Yeah, no, like, there's there's certain things that you need to do in army boot camp, at least, and then it's, like, basic training is supposed to be nine weeks, so it's broken up into, like, three-week increments. They call it, like, red, white, and blue phase, and then it's, like, so if you say, so, like, I got hurt in week four, so once you pay, once you get past those three weeks and now you're into white phase once you recover from your injuries or whatever, like technically you're allowed to go back to a unit who's somewhere between week four and six, which is actually, I don't know. I don't remember what weeks are like rifle qualification, but like that's mandatory. You have to do that. So, but basically, uh, what, well, actually I don't want to get into it yet if we're not getting. Okay. (laughs) Well, what's your positive Mike? Have you got one? Um, I would say I would say my first positive is going to be just my job. I liked I liked the platform that my job was on like during my deployment. I mean, like I loved like living out of my truck. I mean, it was it was everything. You know, you 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 ate, slept and, you know, did everything off of it. And uh I, I really adapted well to that lifestyle and, you know, like just there were ton there were tons of times where we'd get to fobs and stuff and like there, you know, there'd be just, who you know, whoever's got, you know, whether you're a cook or a clerk or whatever, it's like when you do a deployment, it's like you're just there. I mean, I did 30 something thousand miles in the whole country. I, I was yeah, everywhere. So, I mean, I, I loved I loved my job. That's cool. Yeah, it's a lot of miles. 
Yeah, yeah, for basically a country that's what a third of the size yeah. of Texas. Yeah, that's huh. <laughs> Let's see if I got it. I'd say another positive for me would, uh, and this is a one day out of the whole six year enlistment thing, but oh, uh, Steel Beach out in the middle of the ocean. You know, no, nothing you can see oh, but ocean yeah. everywhere in sight. Our captain uh, did that for us, and he—I actually ran into him in the galley that day because he was getting a soda or something. And he—he's like, "What do you think, Lee?" And I said, "You know, oh, this is pretty awesome that you did this for us." And he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Just so you know, I'm gonna get in trouble for this." <laughs> and I'm like, "Whoa, like, what? What? You're not gonna be our captain no more?" He's like. No, he's like, it's just a slap on the wrist, but he's like, technically, enemy satellites and all this stuff, they don't want us to surface without a reason. Oh, for like, you know, normally for like training or for emergencies, pretty much, or for if we have to actually come up. And he's like, I'll get. So you have, so you have to stay underwater when you're underway? No, you don't have to. Like, I mean, if there's a. I wonder if I should even be telling some of this stuff, actually. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a pretty known thing. Like, uh, it's, I mean, but yeah, it, it, if there's not a reason for you to, like, for one thing, for training. So if officers are, are on the deck, or on the, or officer of the deck, and they need to learn how to surface, then we'd surface for that, you know, so that they could get practice and they could do it as part of their qualifications. Or if, uh if like you know we had a BSP, we'd get another load of food. You know we had we'd surface for that, or if we were you know in the Straits of Juan de Fuca and we were coming home, you know we'd surface for that. But oh, uh, as far as just surfacing randomly, oh, you're not supposed to do it. But but I mean you know it's one of them things. It's it's kind of a known thing. Like hey you know, the, like I mean hell I'm talking about it now. It's one of my. One of my three favorites of the whole time was that one day. It was like a walk of, day for yeah. for people on carriers or other boats, right? A what day? Wog day. What do you mean wog day? What what's wog day? Is that what it is on on boats where dress up and stupid outfits and have to drink grog and? Oh yeah, weren't you talking about this before? Yeah. Like your wife had one of those. Shellback yeah. or golden. Oh. You're talking about the whole shellback ceremony. Yeah, I never, I never got to be a shellback, unfortunately. But oh, <laughs> right. But you have to do something to be a shellback, or whatever, you have to right? cross the equator. Oh, right. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So I do. I have to say, I mean, it's not my branch of service or whatever, but like, I do like all the historic stuff that the Navy has. I mean, like the Army don't have anywhere near any of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Steel Beach was fun, though. You know, you get to see the sun. You get to breathe the real fresh air, everything. Yeah. And no. And it, and everyone just kind of, like, it, everyone's just people again, you know? It, it's, yeah. So. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that the last time you told some submarine experience about just, like, how everybody's personality must change when you're underwater for a month. You just kind of become a zombie. Like, I mean. Yeah. But we call it ground. You don't know, like, what's day and night, and oh my god. Well, man. I mean, the way they would, the only, like, we would be on shifts of eight hours, and, oh, because we would, you know, if we were on day shift, you'd normally be eating breakfast every morning, 
Well, they didn't want to serve the same bacon and eggs, so they'd rotate the meals. So you'd wake up and eat meatloaf for like, <laughs> like it was the Jesus. it was the weirdest thing. <laughs> oh, so that's my second favorite. I don't know if I've ever. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I've ever had meatloaf for breakfast. I, I've had a lot of things for supper for breakfast. Yeah, you know what though? I've had st- I've had stuff like that before too. We would we would be driving overnight or whatever and get in real late, and like the only thing that they'd have they wouldn't ha- they'd be in a transition where they were getting breakfast ready, so we couldn't eat it. So it's just like I'd before you know, well I guess that's not really breakfast. So but well it'd be like you know four in the morning and you'd be having you know like you know grilled chicken or something or whatever i don't know just something that you're i guess it's different but it's not quite the same as what a submarine has meatloaf sounds iffy well one time we had rare meatloaf Mm. and a lot of people got sick (laughs) that was fun (laughs) so what's your second favorite garrett oh I would say probably going to some cool places. I got to see a lot more places across the world than I ever thought I was going to. So that was pretty sweet. Like, where did you go to besides Afghanistan? We went. I went to India. I did a training exercise there. But to get there, we had to go... Uh, to Hawaii, and then Midway Island, and then Okinawa, Japan, and then Utapau, Thailand, and then Goa, India. And then we were there for a month, and then we did the same thing back. And then both times when we went to Afghanistan, we flew through, the way there the first time, I want to say we stopped in Romania, and we couldn't get off, because they were like, fuck you. Yeah. Full <laughs> Marine. Fuck you. I remember that. And then um, on the way home, though, we stopped. Um, I want to say we stopped in Germany. Yeah, we stopped in Germany. And that was pretty cool. We didn't do anything, really. It wasn't, other than it smelled like Ger- exactly how I thought Germany was going to smell. I, mean, I was like, I got off the airplane. You know, countries have smells. Really? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Romania didn't really smell how I expected it to. It kind of smelled more like, eh. Really like, Germany smells like a cross between, like, beer and schnitzel. That's, like, all I smelled. Like, yeah, <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> that's, it. A lot of Italy smells like pizza. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Afghanistan's full of shit. It smells like shit. <laughs> and tr- and burning yeah. trash. <laughs> Iraq smells like burning trash, man. Yeah. Oh, th- when you said airport, that reminded me of the first thing I was talking about. At one t- when I was at the airport in Seattle, coming home from my grandpa's funeral, actually, I ran into a whole submarine crew, and I, I knew about a dozen of the people there that I hadn't seen in a couple of years. That was a pretty awesome. Oh, cool. So that's what I mean. I'd run into people I knew everywhere. You actually just you actually just got me thinking too, like when so when we deployed overseas, like I, I mean, I don't even know what caused this to happen, but like so we ended up 
I mean, it, it obviously wasn't how I'm saying it, but like, because there wasn't anybody else on it, but like, I took like a commercial plane to, was it Germany first oh, or whatever, yeah. right? And right, we oh, took, you it, was, it was it was a navy plane, but it had it had it, stewardesses and the stewardesses. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then yeah. Like I I had that too, and I was I just remember it being the weirdest because it's just like you know when you when you're not in the service yet, you know you see everybody loading up on the C one thirty or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just like that. Like everybody's bringing their rocks and everything, all their shit. But like, I was like totally. It's the one I flew over there on was really looked more like a commercial airliner, and like Garrett's saying, it had like stewardess and everything, but like. Really, the biggest thing was, like, we just had strict instructions to put our rifles under the seats. And I was just like, at this point, you know, it's post 9-11. Like, yeah, they, like, you got, if you got a little smidgen of fucking toothpaste on your lip, they think it's explosive. So, like, I'm like, here I am just, like, <laughs> getting on a commercial-looking aircraft with a fucking M4. That's got to be a weird feeling. It was. It was Dude, super weird. The plane we got on was absolutely massive. It was like a... Yeah. Four rows on each side, and then six across the middle. But fourteen yeah, rows yeah. wide. Wow, that's and, huge. And probably like yep. at least two hundred rows long. That's what, like yeah, that's what we had. What they call them? Uh, they call them like super buses or something like that. They like only do international. We were able flights. to stay in the air for thirteen hours, so I mean they had a lot of fuel. Oh yeah, I mean we flew out Bangor, Maine, over the world to Romania. Yeah, we over the top, over north. Yeah, well, I flew out of New Jersey to uh, I don't remember what part of Germany, but uh, actually it might have been Frankfurt. Yeah, I think that's where we flew into. Yeah, but man, I want to say. Uh, my third favorite thing would have to be all the fun things I got to shoot. <laughs> Blow up. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty neat. Like all the all the stray dogs and stuff. No, and... just just no. All, well, not the things not the things I got to shoot. Like guns and stuff like that. Oh yeah. No guns. Like I got some sweet fucking guns I got to shoot, man. And rockets and. And I did never got to shoot a 120 mortar, but I sure shot a whole fuckload of rockets. See that I should have joined the Marine Corps. <laughs> you've never lived until you've you've uh, shoulder fired a, a 240 standing. Oh, oh man, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't shoulder fired it, but oh. yeah, that was a lot of fun to shoot. Really, the only thing I didn't get too much time on was was an M2 because, like, they were just like, yeah, these rounds are way too expensive. What is an M2? <laughs> what does it shoot? The 50, 50 cal mod dude. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, but, but, like, I mean, each one of those rounds is, like, 15 or $16. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. Like, so. Our, our unit does not organically have 50 cals in it. So when we got to Afghanistan, the... Um, a couple of the the MRAPs or the Mat Vs had fifty cals on them. So like and and we don't organically have any machine gun or MOSs in our unit either. Where you're either a 
mortarman, a tow gunner, uh, an 0311, so just a grunt, or a, uh, a vehicle driver, an 0313. So, like, they're like, here's the 50 cal, use it. And we're all like, this is dangerous. We don't know how to do this. <coughs> yeah, that's crazy. Whenever we drove around, we just had it up there. We had one box of it, one box of 50, 50 rounds in it that always stayed closed on the rack right next to it. And we just had a 240 on top of it because we knew how to rock a 240. You can do a 240 all day. <laughs> Wait, did you have, so you guys had no idea how it, I mean, because like that, that weapon's got to be like exactly, timed that's and everything too. Shoot you? it. Yeah. Okay. And you, and you no, had we no like, idea. We don't know how to do this. It's dangerous. <laughs> like, why did you give this to us? And yeah, like it comes with like a, a feeler gauge when you put the barrel in and then it's got a butterfly clip in the back. You need to, or you got to time oh, yeah. the trigger. Oh, yeah. We, Every we time you put thing. the weapon together. We knew one thing. <laughs> it was dangerous, and we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. But we <laughs> 240. So we yeah, 240 if, it's not, it. if it's not timed right, you pull it'll that trigger, and like it'll fire one It'll fire one round, and then that's it. It, it won't do yeah. anything else. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. That sounds fun. <laughs> we did the smart thing. We just used another gun on top of it. The 240 was definitely my favorite thing to shoot, though. I mean, like, I, I don't know. The, the, yeah, the, the, I was the most impressed. Oh, I was the most impressed with the 240 because, I mean, like, whatever. Saw's a saw. Mine had triggers, no popsicle sticks. <laughs> but, but, like, the 240 Bravo, I was, like, the most impressed with. I mean, you could put any, it, 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 you could put anything through it and oh, it would yeah, fire totally. it. Like, spray it down with a little bit of fucking. WD-40, the round as it's going into the gun, and you're good. Well, so Mike, did you say a sec? Did you say your second favorite? No, I was trying to think about it while we were in rotation here. Have you done a third, Ethan? I think no. Have a I third done a third? Positive. I, I don't think I. No, I haven't done a third. Let's see. My third favorite thing about my Navy experience. It probably. I mean, it'd probably just have to come down to, well, okay, I know what it is. Passing nuclear power school is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And I would say it, that was type two fun, as, as Garrett would call it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it was type two and type three fun. It was but, fun and it was not fun at all. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, well no, type, no, type two fun, I thought was, it wasn't fun at the time, but after. No, type one. Yeah, type one fun is yeah, totally fun. Yeah, like while you're yeah, but yeah, nu passing nuclear power school that that's honestly the biggest my greatest greatest accomplishment of my life. Oh, uh, probably always will be. So that was just kind of a a thing that kind of that that that's the thing that sticks out. I'd say. That's cool. So. So my my second positive thing is is. It's kind of, well, I'm going to give you this positive because now that I'm thinking about it, I felt pretty good about it, but it was during a very negative part of it. So, uh, while I was hurt, uh, in the art, I don't know what you said it was in the Navy, but in the army, it's called the unit is called PTRP and it, I don't even remember what the hell it stands for, but it's basically just a bunch of broke people trying to get mm -hmm. better. That's really what it is. Um, 
But like, so they, you know, they shove you off in a corner, some barracks that's probably loaded with asbestos and outdated and all sorts of stuff. Um, but we, so I had an arm injury, so I was in a full arm cast for six, eight weeks, but, uh, we shared the barracks with, um, so in the army, there's an MOS called 92 Romeo and it's a parachute rigger and it's the only MOS that requires you to go to airborne school before you go to your job training. So basically there was this in between if you didn't meet because airborne to be airborne certified, like you need a higher uh, PT evaluation. So like if you didn't meet the airborne qualifications like out of basic uh you had to go there to basically toughen up and and pass those better those higher standards so um they these people shared a barracks with us and like since i had an arm injury like i still wanted to you know i was still pretty focused on getting back at it so i used to actually run with them and like I don't airborne qualifications is like a four mile run, I think, four or five. And like that it was basically there that I ran the most I've ever ran in one single session, which was like seven or seven and a half miles. And honestly, I never thought I would ever be able to do that. And so that was super positive moment for me. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. It was cool. Oh, I got to bring up the rear here with another positive one, huh? If you can think of one. Yeah. Um, you know what? I, I'm. It might be super cheesy, but I'm going to kind of piggyback off of Garrett's. Uh, my last positive thing is probably just like the, the friends that I have because of the service. I mean, it's. It's different than any other friendship that you have. And I mean, we live in different states, different time zones and everything. And we still try to get together annually, you know, and I mean, it's just it's just a call that you always answer. And like, it's yeah, it's something that I I don't think I'll ever let go of. And if you all hadn't have said it, I probably would have said that one, too, actually. Yeah. So. Yeah. But now we're going to negative town. Oh, yeah. <laughs> negative town. <laughs> So, in all honesty, I've got a million negatives, and I don't have as many positives, so this is going to be super easy for me. Fearless is rather... So, well, honestly, the the RCU thing in boot camp is really what started the whole negative, negative train of everything happening to me in the Navy. Yeah, I wasn't going to... I wasn't going to roll into that, but it's just, I mean, for anybody out there that's not familiar with that structure, I mean, it's just, it's a horrible place to be. If you get, if you get hurt during boot camp or basic training or whatever, I mean, like you're still government property, like you can't go anywhere or do anything, but you're obviously not capable of, you know, keeping up physically. So like, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's incredibly like mentally draining on yourself like because you just you don't i mean it it leads to all kinds of friggin depression and yes. lack of motivation i mean yes. good lord and in the navy it'll suck the life well, out i don't of know you. how it was in the army but in the navy they just like didn't really know what to do with us so we were just stuck in the compartment like every day all day with and yeah like, we were it was somewhat still it was a still a boot camp environment but we had no actual freedom so we were just yep so 
It's almost like, I mean, it's kind of like being in prison. It I mean, really was, like, yeah. I mean, like, it's uh, it's the same way. Like, they'd, they'd try and fill us in with stuff. Like, you know, you'd get, like, kitchen duties or whatever, you know. Like, you'd have to be, you have to run the clicker at the chow hall or some stupid shit like that. Well, it, it's funny <laughs> like, you said it was like a prison because it kind of was in a way because there were guys that were in there for months. And so, like, oh, yeah. the male POs, the, oh, that, the little side job to be male it was it worked kind of like a prison like one guy there was one guy and if you told him hey i wrote a letter to my mom in about a week or two you might be getting a package make sure that you don't turn that in that's a sudoku thing that i can do at night in my rack so it kind of good lord we had in the laundry actually i forgot about this but we had a legitimate ncis investigation in (laughs) on us in boot camp <laughs> i'm not kidding or what it was the whole the whole prison kind of thing Little Ponzi's no so going on. whenever they turn out the lights at night oh because you know we we're and that was like the only time we got any freedom really in a way i mean that's kind of how it is all the time in boot camp whenever their your rdc's and stuff aren't there so you know in the laundry room Underneath the ceiling tile in this one area is where people would, uh, they would get mailed candy and stuff, would hide candy. They would, we had, we had a stack of magazines of guns and ammo, American riflemen. I mean, anything you want, we had a stack of them and we would stay up in the laundry room and hang out because there were some of us that had been there a while. We, so we all knew each other and we had books that we weren't supposed to have. We had, we had all kinds of stuff. And no, uh, one night the roving guy ended up, oh, uh, he heard something in the laundry room when he happened to walk in that compartment. And he walked in and he's like, holy shit, like this is contraband city. Mm. And so the next day it was like amnesty day. Anything you all have that you're not supposed to have, no one's getting in trouble, put it out. And there was all kinds of stuff that got, oh. like it was... Oh man, jeez. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> On to the negative thing, though. Um. So the whole the whole boot camp thing is kind of where it started. Then I got to a school. I wanted to be an electrician, and I had orders to be an electrician. That was fucked up. And then I got there, and they're like, "Well, since you were in boot camp longer than you were supposed to be, we made you a machinist mate." And I'm like, "Okay." Well, that sucks. I have orders to be an electrician. They're like, nope, machinist mate. So that happened. Oh, but anyways, I need to really just pick one, I guess. But <laughs> there's so many. The biggest thing I would say, or my first one, is the people that made your life hard for no reason. For no good reason. You're talking about like out of the boot camp style environment, obviously. Well, kind of the whole time. There were always these people. The people that just Well, I mean, I understood those people in the boot camp style environment. I mean, they're just supposed to be. Well, boot camp, I guess, is kind of an exception then. But yeah, in in the real Navy, when you're supposed to be somewhat a person again, the people that just made your life more difficult than necessary. And when you stayed at work for no absolute reason. Just because that one guy was pissed off because his boss got mad at him. That kind of thing. And then he, he waited. I mean, just the man hours that were wasted because of that stupid shit. 
That's my first yeah. negative. My first. <laughs> <laughs> You sure you don't want to have a bonus round? Oh, I could, I could go on rapid fire and maybe <laughs> negatives. <laughs> Man. All right, Mike, let's hear yours. I'm trying to really, like, I don't have I very know, many I... negatives. Like, I've got some negatives out there, but, like, a lot of my negatives were, like. I'd say getting shot at by Afghan border police would be a negative. Was, okay, I mean, that. Yeah, that'd be a huge negative, but <laughs> at the same time, like I said, the, all of them were like that. I already got to see the the karmic value to all mine. I feel like so. I'm, I'm, let me think. You get Mike. Let's hear yours. Um, those guys in that truck got blown up like two weeks later. So, oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You have any people that pissed you off or any Yes. My first my first captain and, and it brought me mm. I do not like that man. Still to this day. Yeah, I didn't like my company commander or first sergeant. They were both uh they just weren't good at their jobs. I they just weren't first sergeant I did <laughs> not like my company commander. He took out his anger for one person on an entire platoon. Oh yeah. When you you know it's one thing if you do that in boot camp, but like when you're when you're yeah when you're out like Ethan said when you're in the legitimate service it it shouldn't be like that. Mm -hmm. Jesus. It just breeds everybody to start to start hating that one person. I got out of Bravo Company the second I could. The second I could, I didn't trust that dude. You know the best piece of the best piece of advice I ever got actually was from an instructor I had, and he said, if you're going to re-enlist, spend a solid year on the boat. Because he, he said, what can happen is he said, you could show up to a boat and it can be great. And then a year goes by and half your chain of command gets swapped out. Gone, yeah. And everything can change. And, and, and like, that is that was a very, I'm not going to say it was a true scenario for me, but in some ways it actually was. Yeah, that happened. That happened to us when we deployed. I so like we we got into country as like our battalion staff was like rotating out. So like three months into our tour, we ended up we ended up with like basically a new battalion staff, and yeah, it wasn't the same. Enlisted Craftsman is sponsored by Rock Rooster Footwear. Mike, Garrett, and I, all three have Rock Rooster boots, and I wear mine every day. They are very comfortable out of the box, and you order them online, they show up in just a couple of days. And for the price, you really can't beat them. And if you are interested in ordering a pair of boots, be sure to use our discount code. That is Enlisted15. Again, that's Enlisted15 at the end. Also, if you like what you're hearing, right now, pick up your phone. Please give us a rating on Spotify, whatever platform you listen to our podcast on. We really appreciate it. And also, if you're interested in donating to us, we have a Patreon account now. It is called Enlisted Craftsman. And the great thing about our Patreon account is that half of everything we make gets donated to a veteran organization of some sort we haven't figured out which one we're gonna 
donate this year to, but half of everything we get is going to go to a good cause to benefit veterans. Enlisted Craftsman is also sponsored by Maritime Knife Supply, the Louisiana Custom Knife Show, and the Scooter Brown Band. Damn it. I don't, yeah, now I keep... Uh... Am I going to have to say negatives for you guys? Like... <laughs> Captain, the I one mean... that I didn't like, I didn't like him because our, our platoon sergeant got caught banging that chick in the outpost. When first, like, two days we were in country, he got in trouble for being an account post and then he got sent back stateside but for some reason he took out his anger on us and like the second he could get rid of weapons platoon he did and then they went and did a uh they did a company-sized raid on a village where they had zero battalion or higher support and they should have had their weapons platoon with them and they could have utilized us literally the only time in the entire 16, 17 months that I was in Afghanistan that you could have effectively utilized mortars like for days on end and we were fucking 150 clicks away just listening on the radio. Oh man, that's that sucks. And like afterwards, it didn't even say he was sorry. I was so fucking angry. And then, and then, and then specifically to make it even worse, which I can and kind of understand why he didn't take us on the second raid, which was a battalion size raid that had two companies going, Bravo and Alpha Company. And, or no, I think it was Bravo and Delta Company. Fuck, I don't remember. But, uh, they, they took the tow gunners. So they took literally every, everybody from Bravo Company except for eight people. And they left us back on post, and I had to do fucking 16 hours straight of post every day because we didn't have enough people. Oh, man. Not only did I get yeah, shafted, but they're doing, like, the biggest raid of our deployment with, like, A-10 strafes and helicopters and tow missile shots. And could have been the coolest experience ever. So neat. I mean, I understand why they didn't take us because they could not utilize a mortar in that sense because... There's too, there's too many air assets, and we would have done nothing. We would have, we would have ended up being like the medevac vehicle, and they didn't need that. So it was just, yeah, like he done fucked up. Felt real fucking angry, salty about that one. I'd, I'd throw sand in his face. Twice on today. <laughs> I'm like, yo, what? man, there's, there's some hatred for that guy. But yeah, I don't like. That. I had no I just expect him. I just made Garrett's blood pressure rise. Yeah, that was <laughs> <laughs> <some> anger shit. <laughs> All right, so I guess my first negative here. Um, I guess my first negative. How am I gonna explain this? Is like for. For the amount of structure and, you know, specifically divided duties there are in the service, it's amazing how much, like, that gets fucked up. Yeah. And I'll give you an... And my example here would be this, right? So, my MOS was logistics. Like, I drove a tractor trailer. And 
like, you know, so obviously in our unit was, you know, drivers, mechanics, clerks. Well, I mean, like, well, in our company or what, or not our, or our uh, battalion was like gun trucks and stuff like that too. But like, like my point here is, so this is one of the many reasons why I'm not a fan of my company commander. Uh, so like we would go out on a mission and normally those missions would take anywhere from like one to the longest one was like four weeks, but like one to four weeks. And like, we'd come back, we'd come back to, you know, our duty where our duty station was, was actually down in Kuwait. And like, uh, and like, you know, you've just been on the road for this much time. You've been basically working first to third shift, like all these radical hours and stuff. And like, so when the time comes for you to get like a day off or your day of rest or just your day to do whatever the fuck it is that you want or days or whatever the hell you've earned, um, you know, we used to have to do these like service checkups on, on our trucks or whatever. But like, we had mechanics in our unit and like a repair shop and everything. And they were all licensed and everything, but we needed to be there to bring our trucks through the motor pool into the repair shop to get looked at. And like, so finally, and like, we would have to wait, th like think of it like stateside is like waiting for your car while they're putting like a new transmission in, you know what I mean? And this is like on your day yeah. off or whatever, you know, your day of leisure or whatever. Right. So, like, the time finally came to... Actually, I got a little Garrett on this one. Uh, so, the time came to where, like, you know, there was some unit beef or whatever. I don't know if you guys ever had, like, you know, you know, sit-downs where, like, your commander just kind of asks, like, what's going on? How are you? Mm -hmm. You know, whatever. Like, what do you think the mood is or mm -hmm. whatever, you know? And, like, one of those happened, and I put my fucking hand up, and I was like, excuse me, sir. Like, I'm sorry, but, like... I don't believe that I need to sit here and watch my truck being worked on. Like, that's not my job <laughs> or whatever. Right. That's awesome. And I was just like this. I was like, this guy's licensed to go out in the motor pool, pick up my truck and drive it in and look at it or give it a once over before I take it back out again. Like, that's his job. And like my commander looked at me like I had like six heads. Like I gave him this like revolutionary idea. And I was just like, this is just like how this is how things are supposed to operate. I mean, like the guy just like didn't put two and two together. He like wanted like the unit to do everything as a whole collect like together. And I was just like, this is not the way it works. Like there were guys in our unit. There were guys in our unit who did 20, 30 missions or whatever over the course of our deployment. And there were guys who did two. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just like, you know, not everybody's equal here. And I'm just like, I'm just saying I don't need to be a part of this bullshit when I can get some form of sanity back on my day off. And you guys are reminding me of so much other stuff, too. <laughs> That's a okay. good one, though, Mike. I like I like I hate that shit. It's just like, man, like if like if you're gonna if you're gonna diversify like job titles so specifically then then everybody should have to stay in their fucking lane yeah that's that, that's a good one i like that because it's so true yeah. you know like there was times when when you what got me is when you said that the structure thing as much structure as there is how much of a clusterfuck it can be because like we'd have cooks just run out of food some days 
And it's like, come on, surprise, lunch is coming up. Like, you serve yeah, the like, same amount of people like, every but that's day. Like, your, like, how do you... And that's your job. It, like, you know what I mean? It'd be like if Garrett showed up with no mortar rounds. <laughs> like, and just, just a tube. Yeah. Like, what the... You know. Yeah. Hmm. I had another one, too. Oh. I mean, I've, sounds like you oh, got a whole Rolodex you. there. <laughs> the, the coming out on days off that was a that was a shitty one. Duty days is is one of my was is one of my least favorite things of all. Got out of duty. Well, we we never got to get out of duty <laughs> unless we took leave. Yeah, I any any sort of any sort of like stupid ass duty, like any any sort of like KP or like kitchen duty or janitorial shit. Like I used to. I don't think I, I hardly ever got any of that stuff. Well, when I mean duty, I mean we had to sleep on the boat every so many days. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. a little different. Yeah, and, and you're right. You were taking readings of tanks that hadn't moved in six months. <laughs> and then when you accidentally, like, you see what the guy wrote the last time. And, 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 and it's one of them things you look at it. Like, there was a time I, I got in trouble. Well, I got in trouble for something, and this was my fault, but I didn't, I, I legitimately, I swear to this day, I wasn't blazing logs, but I looked at the tank like I always do, you know, okay, it's in the same spot, it hadn't moved in six months, and then I wrote down the numbers, and the guy previously wrote down, it looked like a 1625, but it was actually 1675, and I should have caught, okay, the whole row is 1675. That's what it's been for days. But you know how it is. You get in the days and you. Oh, man. And so, like, <laughs> how did the charging water storage tank go down 50 gallons in one hour? Like. <laughs> and so. But uh, I'd say my next negative would be there is nothing more insulting then when you are put when when you go through some of the hardest training of your life and you you know and you're passionate about it too and you learn it and then you get to the boat and when you're actually operating the people above you don't trust you mm. and and restrict your every movement and everything to me that is the most insulting thing that a man can do Right, especially because like your higher ups know nothing about your specialty, do they? Well, they they all know a little, but they're not technically know as much in depth in your field, if that makes sense. Oh, like they they know okay, yeah. the whole thing, they know a little bit of everything, but that was my thing. Like you know, they don't operate the plant, and but like they would restrict everything you would do to a point where. Like in in all honesty, I I was at a point for a while I was just scared to even to even touch anything. I wanted to just get permission to do anything that I could possibly do because I was thinking they just had me so paranoid about it. Yeah, I've been in tons of situations like that. I I don't like that shit either. So yeah, not being trusted. Yeah. Hey, being micromanaged, not being trusted. Um. Man, like, okay, so, like, multiple, I, like, I hate being blamed for something just because you're, uh, lower enlisted. Mm, yeah. Um. Or because one guy gets a DUI and everyone has to watch him cry in front of the whole command. Right, right. 
I mean, yeah, man, I, I just think, the, I mean, the lower end list gets shit on. I mean, I can understand. A lot of them fucking suck, but at the same time, don't shit on your good guys. Mm-hmm. I feel like that happened all too often. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to think of another something funny that that I really hated. <laughs> cleaning. <laughs> yeah, cleaning. That's always worth it. See, I'm trying to think of like the things it, that like sucked. But... It's so weird how some of that stuff still sticks with you though. Like, I still put hospital corners on my bed when I make it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's friggin' I weird. No, I. I... I do the hospital corner. I don't take measurements and shit like you had to back in. The- like I don't. I don't whip out a ruler every time I make my. Bed. I will say. I think I start walking with my left foot though. Still. I thought of yeah. one. Yeah. What's that? I thought of one. Um, I hate how the Marine Corps gets monetarily shit on by every single other service. It's infuriating. <laughs> We have a very difficult job to do, and we get the shittiest gear out there to do it, and just are like, well, yeah, that is pretty and messed up. Like, yeah, well, it's hard to do that. I'm telling you, none of it was in my job title, and I, I was geared up like fucking Rambo. Like there was, there was, I got a whole, I got a whole case trunk in my closet to this day full of shit that I never even put on my vest because it was fucking useless. I didn't need grenade pouches and fucking, you know, all sorts of shit like that. I never even had any grenades on me, I would for God's say, sakes. of the shit that was on my flak, 90% of it I had to buy myself because all the shit Whoa. they gave us was, was fucking woodland pattern. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I had to go out and buy my own coyote brown Mag pouches, frag pouches, IFAC pouch, jump pouch. That's ridiculous. Almost everything I had on my vest could be could be found at a Bass Pro Shop. I mean, it was all tools and and you know, uh, quick quick release. You know, any type of friggin' a Gerber Swiss Army knife, like the the seatbelt cutters and shit. Any type of fast. A quick access tool is what I had on my vest. Hmm. And I also hated how, in in that in a very specific way, how I said I hate how the Marine Corps gets hated on. I hated how LAR got shit on by the rest of the division, because we had like the most random mixture of people in our battalion. You know, we had a small battalion of only like 750 guys compared to other ones, which were like 1,200. Yeah, but that's what should make you great. Well, which is what. <laughs> but yeah, like, yeah, we were really good at what we did, and like, it was it was always hilarious because like, we would go to competitions, and like, you know, there would be, <laughs> it was always hilarious. We we went to a mortar competition one time. And there was eight eight battalions there. I want to say it was like the whole West Coast. Basically, any anybody that had any infantry battalion was there. And it was a it was a sixties and eighty one shoot. We only shoot eighty ones. We don't even have sixties at all. 
And so, like, they're like, oh, fucking LAR coming out here. They're not going to know what the hell to do. We shot, like, second or third best in the 60s. And I hadn't touched one in, like, a year and a half since the School of Infantry. We still were, like, second or third best. Then it came to 81s, and in an LAV, there's an LAV-mounted mortar. They're, like, the system is in the mortar vehicle. And there's a big turntable right, right where the turret would actually be. On a regular LEV, that's taken off. And then there's a mortar that sits there, and it's on, like, a turntable in there. And so, like, that's how we normally shoot, because we're LAVs. You shoot from your LAV. Well, then they're like, well, you can't do that. We have to be, you know, like everyone else. So you guys are going to have to ground now. And then, then that's when the, every single one, like, all eight other battalions, as we're pulling our fucking shit out of our vehicles, are just standing there laughing at us like, Phew. These fucking guys probably never ground mounted since they got to the battalion. <laughs> we fucking smoked them on every single aspect too, not just on speed but accuracy as well. And it was just absolutely hilarious. And what did we get for it? Old gear. Nothing. <laughs> not fucking thing. We got back to our battalion. I don't even think we got a, like a. Like a good job, guys, from the battalion commander or anything. Just like a... Well, that's what... It, it was like a really bad, like, parenting situation, almost. Like, well, that's what we expected, so... Hmm. Oh, <laughs> shit. Like, like, of course you guys were the best. That's what we expect, so... Continue doing that. Bye. Oh. <laughs> like, what? What? Are you serious? Like, we just fucking blew... Eight different battalions out of the fucking water. It's something that they do all the time. <sighs> yeah, that that always got me heated. Or, let's get more specific. Sorry. Smaller. How they hated Weapons Platoon specifically and thought that Weapons Platoon couldn't do things that Grunts could do. Like room clearing and that kind of stuff. Because whenever it came down to company size training and we have to go do room clearing, who always wins? Weapons platoon always fucking wins. But y'all were never. We're never 11s. We never went through the 11s package, so we're not, oh. we're not grunts, you know. We're weapons guys. Oh, like, Jesus. obviously, it came down to our training. Corporal Gilbert was a fucking stud and taught us how to fucking room clear, you know, while everyone else was running or doing dumb shit. We were fucking running. <laughs> that made us great. Nice. Still never got the fucking good job for it. I feel very unappreciated in my Marine Corps career, I feel like. Maybe that's something I hated. Yeah, that's a that, that, that that's a fair yeah, thing. If you want to generalize that. That's yeah, a fair thing go. to say. Unappreciated by the people that I wanted to get appreciated. I mean, I got appreciation from you know, everyone else, don't get me wrong, but, like, specifically from my mentors or superiors, you know, like, when you're striving to do the best of the best, like you said, and then instead of just not, you know, being trusted, but at the same time, just not, just not even being utilized, because your superiors don't know how to utilize you correctly, like, that's the worst, that was one of the worst, is, like, Half the fucking platoon platoons out there didn't know how to fucking call for fire, for mortars anyway. So it's like, 
You know, it doesn't really help at all that like we're like agreeing with each other's negatives. Like same. So it's like, it's, yeah, like, oh yeah, I'd use that one. It's too. a shared yeah. thing among branches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I, I didn't, I never had a good higher command. I always had a pretty decent like immediate command. You know, maybe the person above me and the person above him, but. I never had, like, the whole kit and caboodle, which... I know guys that were in star units like that, and those are the guys that they all re-enlist. And then they go to the other unit yeah. with all these other shitbirds and go, what the fuck did I sign up for? <laughs> that's There's some truth to that, yeah. And that's why I didn't re-enlist. Not that to happen either. Yeah, there's definitely truth to that. It can be great at one one place and then go to another place everything's so much different but again i always got away with those so because i always had to give the corpsman a 24-hour warning and if you're good friends with the corpsman they'll tell you when they get their 24-hour warning that they're going to do a health comfort oh those inspections or whatever yeah health and comfort yeah. inspection yeah or they can come what? clean they go through your whole room looking for contraband. Oh my god, I would hate that. Yeah. That never happened to us ever. Oh yeah, they go nothing whole room really searching never? anything and everything in bags, out of bags, your whole everything. No, I mean other than boot camp, no, not even in a school can I, like they would search someone's room if there were like one time I in Washington I the cleaning lady found a live 9mm round, like one, mm. and they they tore this guy's room up for that. But if there was, there was, they would never, they would do room inspections for just cleanliness, but they'd never look through any of your personal stuff. And I, I mean, shit, on the boat, I could have, I could have snuck in alcohol if I wanted easily and gotten away with it. Like we never, never, never once had one of those kind of inspections, <laughs> ever. That sucks. They were pretty rare and random, and they were always usually like morning and you know like we'll line up on the grinder, and then it's like, all right, nobody's leaving the, the parade field until you paint a cup. Oh, and then when you get done painting a cup, go stand out in front of your room. Somebody's gonna come and inspect it. Inspect it. For Man, you. Band. The only time we ever stood at attention or in ranks was if we were going to a command all hands, oh, an all hands call thing every Friday or whatever. Like that's the only time we ever, other than maybe a ceremony every now and then, we never hardly stood in ranks for anything after training. Every morning. Nope, not us. We just go into work as if it was a regular job kind of thing. Oh, we used to have fucking formations and all that oh, bullshit, man. too. Yeah. Oh, wow. That that ended for us after boot camp, pretty much. Like, our first week of A school, they had us march to class. After that, it was just like going to college, kind of. You just walk, you know. Maybe well, there's... We got to shoot, we got to shoot shit. And that's right, it. yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say my last one. Oh, and my last one's... I'm probably going to agree to Okay, it. my last one is kind of a com <laughs> going to probably be a combination of multiple things, just because there's way too many okay. things for me to say, but did you all get preached to 
time and time again about integrity. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Integrity was a huge thing for the Marine Corps. Integrity, it was always, it was only always preached about when somebody was being shitty, though. See, we got... Never problems. As soon as there wasn't any problems with something, it was it wasn't brought up anymore. See, it got preached to us all the time. Like, I'm, I'm talking every week. Hmm. And that wasn't just in school. That was like the boat. That was everything. Yeah. yeah. Did you, you never heard about it? You never got preached about that, Mike? Uh, well, I mean, I'm going to piggyback off that a little bit. And, uh, I mean, yes, it probably, it pretty much stopped in like the, the boot camp days, but like, I'm just, I'm not a fan of any of that stuff. Like we had, you know, we had like a creed and a this and a that. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm not, yeah, I don't need any of that crap. Yeah. <laughs> I actually took a Briggs Myers personality test later on while I was in the Navy. And I found it really funny. It said that my personality does not do well in super, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, uh, structured environments such as the military. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, Honestly, mine's probably pretty similar to that. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have. The th- the thing is, is like I, I mean, I I don't know. I adapted pretty well to it. I mean, I just like basically, I, you know, I had a light at the end of the tunnel mentality. It's like when you're in that boot camp environment, you're like, all right, I just gotta, I just gotta hunker down exactly. and do this. I mean, I, I I do that well, but like outside of that, like yeah, I outside of that, it, I I like. Basically, my a big thing for me. I mean, I don't know if you guys had this stuff when you were in in boot camp too, but like in the army, like you can get restarted. Like you can you can go up to the day before graduation, and they will send you back to day one if you you know mm-hmm. what I mean. So like I, I mean, I had that in my head, and I was even though I mean like I did well in boot camp, and like I just you know I I it was it was. I guess it was easy for me. Like I, I handled it well. Like I did not want to be that poor soul, right. you know. Like, right. So I don't know. It's kind of a, I don't know. A, well, the reason I asked about the integrity thing is because it, it was to me. It's like you know we got talked to so much about how it was important to to always be honest and have integrity and all this, but there are multiple examples I'm not going to talk about on here where there were times our upper chain of command or even our smaller chain, our local just division chain of command would directly violate things that they weren't supposed to. And we were supposed to be okay with that. But yet if it happened, if we did something like that, it was fried for it. We'd get fried for it. Like, I mean, they were frying people that would get in motorcycle wrecks that wouldn't wear gloves because it's required per Navy regulations. But then, you know, we can have other, like, I really shouldn't say a couple specific examples, but, oh, there was other times whenever things that were real stuff that could have, that, that mattered that, oh, that they would just, you know, try and just, push push off to the side like okay let's just pretend this didn't happen and we're gonna and directly violate the own the very rules and and things that they 
create. That was that's yeah. that's the first part of my last negative. And then then the other part is it kind of goes along with the first one I said, but just making the command climate so horrible that I hated waking up every day of my life. Like just toxic. And and it, and it wasn't always directly toxic. Sometimes it could be a thing where they'd be talking up that just showing this happiness towards you. But really deep down what was really happening at the deck plate was just this just this terrible environment and that's I don't think I ever told you guys this but oh nukes actually have the high nukes I think and seals have the highest reenlistment bonuses of all the military and like if you play your cards right you can reenlist just tack on two extra years for a hundred thousand dollars and that is the easiest money I've ever said no to in my life (laughs) I'm serious so yeah, it, it sucks I still remember all these terrible things, but yeah, I'm just, I guess I'm a negative person. I'm pissed off now, but is, this is my idea I mean, for I don't know about you. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about all you guys, but I get asked all the time, would I do it again? And I I say, yeah, in a heartbeat, I'd do it again. See, I, I have to really think about that. I, I, I My grandma asked me that, and then I got into about a 30-minute conversation, and at the end of it, I, I was like... You know, I don't know if I if that's a yes or a no. Well, what if you had stayed the course and and become an electrician like you wanted? I would have hated know? it just as much. Oh, okay. I really would. In all in all honesty, it's probably a good was really trying to help you out. Well, in all point. honesty, I probably should have been. A, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed being an electrician as much. Oh, I probably wouldn't have liked it as much. The only thing I I I wanted to do that because I wanted to learn electricity, really. I didn't know oh, nothing okay. about it, and that's why I wanted to. But I would have probably hated the job more. So, things okay. happen for a reason, you could say. Yeah, I mean, like, that's... <laughs> well, like, uh, we've said it before, but, like, the number, the top two questions I get asked were, like, you know, what was the best, you know, the best part of your time and service, and then, you know, would you do it again? And both things, I say, like, my best time and service was my deployment, and my... My the second answer is like yeah I'd do the whole thing over in a heartbeat yeah I'd do it over again I'd change a few things yeah I would change a few things too yeah I would do it over again mate probably but I would choose a different job it was really my job that I... got me that, that made left such a sore spot for me I applied to airborne school a couple times and it kind of got like shoved to the side. I really wish I would have like kind of bit into that a little more because like it was during the it was during well, it was like kind of right in the middle slash like the tail end of the surge. So it was kind of just like, you know, this is considered like, you know, fun training and people are deploying. So, yeah, it was like a bit of that mixed with, you know, other things. So that I mean, changes like that, I would I would make. Yeah. I'd probably stay the same job. Well, you know, there was a. I did. I, I like my job. You know, I, I liked my job. Yeah. Well, you know, I actually asked a lot of those questions to different people that were in the military, like the same questions you were just saying, Mike. And I remember there is only one person I ever I ever met that said he wished he wouldn't have went in 
he was in the Marines, and I don't remember what he did. But and I I remember uh, that sticking out, and I was like, okay, if all these other people say it's such a you know, looking back, it's such a great thing. I'm like, I think this could be worth it. But so the vast majority yeah. say what you just said. Yeah, I know, I know, I know one guy that said that he he regrets it <clears throat> or wanted to do it. Want if he looks looks back on it, he definitely would not do it at all the same if he did do it again. I don't know. I mean, like, well, it. I mean, it's almost impossible for me to say otherwise at this point. I mean, like, so much of who I am now is is from mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not like going to college. It's I will say that's that is one that is one definite pro. One one of the good things. I'll just add another one. Is it taught me how much I can truly hate waking up every day of my life. Oh, okay. well, I don't know if that's a negative actually or a positive, but in, in all honesty, that that was a good thing coming out of it. Like I now I know what it's like to hate waking up every day. Well, I mean, I know what a shitty. I feel like you know I've been to third world countries, multiple third world countries now, and like I've seen the shitty yeah. side of life. So like I understand, you know what here. That was. Yeah, that was kind of going to be, like, my last negative. I was going to kind of put, like, a bit of a different spin on it, but, like, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, It was really what I was going to say is is it's crazy how, I mean, actually, before I get into all this, it's not like I'm not, you know, patriotic. I'm not anti-American. Yeah, same, or same here. Like I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah, like. But like I, it's crazy how you know we you know we you know we toot our horn for like you know all this like you know freedom 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 and like all men are created equal stuff and 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 then like the military itself is just like this huge caste system really like there's officers clubs and there's mm-hmm. you know there you know there's this and there's that and then I mean for me personally too, it actually really didn't even affect me until later life but like you know we used to work with like you know third country nationals and i mean like these were guys who didn't have weapons had no armor and like they were in our convoys and we you know we would get to fobs you know whether it be overnight or whatever and like we would have to like these were people you know and we would have to put them in in pens like their trucks like it was a huge parking lot fenced in like a cage wow. and like they literally couldn't go anywhere else and stuff like that and i look i mean like again in the moment you you're not thinking it but like i i look back at that now like while we're recording these podcast episodes and i'm just like man like like you know what 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 are we really doing all this for <laughs> like and like i mean you know like we were fortunate enough to, I mean, nobody, nobody got killed while I was over there, but like, I mean, a couple of those guys did, you know, sometimes they blew themselves up, but like, you know, it's just like, kind of like, you know, yeah. What what is all this for? Mm. We should totally finish with something positive, you know, like <laughs> maybe keep people coming back to listen to us. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we probably should. Hmm. <laughs> So guys, I well, my guys, I mean listeners out there, I got a nice piece of steel pulled out of my eye this week. That was cool. 
and uh you know we're healthy happy and uh, you know my eye is steel free now and rust free yeah that's definitely good we're gonna, the Muffin Man is uh, living to bake another day. <laughs> awesome. I I yeah. am about done with my words list. Yeah, Garrett, really? man, I wanted to say earlier, you are trending super hard uh, these past few weeks. trying to make stuff. Yeah. yeah okay. Fishing's coming up. And e- Ethan, Ethan, a, cup, a couple of your uh, karambits there. Yeah, man, good. that's just sexy. Yeah, that's, you know, actually... Y'all talking about that, something surprised me last night. Oh, I don't know if y'all know a guy named Eric McCright. Oh, he's a maker. Yeah, yeah I know Eric McCright. Eric. Eric McCright. Yeah, McCright. Mick McCright. What's, McCright uh, hand. What's his business? McCright handmade. But he called me last night and he's like, hey, I got a question for you. And I'm like, what's that? And I didn't know what to expect. And he said, how do you get your you're random looking that good. And I was like, huh? Like, it's just a random pattern, you know? He's like, dude, he's like, I've been trying to get a, a random pattern to look that good, and I, I just want to know how you do it. And I was like, I, I'm like, well. What's uh, what's your layer count on that, that karambit? That karambit, that's one of the things we talked about. That's 448 layers. Oh. Oh, shit. I didn't think it was that high. Yeah. It 448 layers. That's like, and that's what I was telling him. From what I've found, that's the perfect amount of uh, layers where it's not too many that it gets like muddied. Muddy is is the word he used. Yeah. yeah. And yep. then, but it's fine enough you can see a lot. And then I told him, I said I fold all my Damascus. And I said I really would like to get to a point where I just cut and restack, just because it's you can make guaranteed better welds with that. But I fold it just so I can make Damascus all in one session. Oh, yeah. And I said, also, I don't own a, I don't have a press yet, <laughs> so I, I draw it all <laughs> out with my twenty-five pound power hammer, and that's so. And I said that might contribute something to the pattern too. So, I would say, but so, I yeah. never even thought about there being a, a such thing as a good random pattern. I, so, that was a compliment. Well. I think there's a sweet spot in like layer counts for 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 good patterns. patterns you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. There's a certain amount of layers that should be in certain patterns. I want to. I like the high high low like so like take a couple strips of like 120 layers and then do you know a thick. Mm-hmm. And then do another chunk of 120 layers and thick. That's kind of one of my favorites. Gets that. Right. Yeah. Boy, that sounds sweet. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've only done random. It's really just because I haven't had time to get specific with anything else. I want to talk to somebody that's got a rolling mill and talk and ask them if they have problems with the pattern looking like it stretches, like, like the edges of the pattern itself, like the edges of the steel, the different steels, like where they come together. It looks like it's jagged and sort of a fine line, sort of a straight line. Well, jagged. So I was I was actually thinking about that today because like so now I mean it seems to be trending quite a bit. Is like guys guys are starting to make ladder pattern with dies, mm-hmm. with like okay, but like you know I mean if if you like if you make ladder with. You know, like like what Ethan had to do when him and I competed or whatever. It's just like you're just taking a grinder mm-hmm. 
and grinding that in and then you're forging it out so aren't you stretching the ladder out by doing that as well i i think you are a little bit actually yeah because and and i and it's interesting you say that because the best ladder patterns i've ever made i've done it with a grinder and it's okay the best ladder patterns i've ever made the tightest the most symmetric the most consistent yeah. was when I used a ball-nosed end mill on my mill. And it takes more time than pressing it, but it's the way when you cut out and it's all that exact... Yeah, and then and then grind and it down. And you grind it down. I, yeah. I have made the tightest and best ladder patterns by doing it that way. Yeah, I was I thought about that the other day, and I was just like, you know, man, because I've seen, you know, you see these guys with like real, real tight ladders, and it's just like, you man, once you for if you were to grind that in and forge it out, you'd never get a ladder that tight. I don't know. I I I've never done it on dies and grinding it down like that, so I can't really say. But yeah, I've had good luck milling it. I well, I've only used my ladder pattern dies on my press a couple times, and. The pattern's been okay. I've used that uh, Texas Breeze or, or Texas Wind, whatever, pattern a few times. And and that one's turned out really well. But I think that has a lot to do with layer count, too. You have to have enough layers. You also Probably have so. Hot enough, and it, I think it has to do with ratios, the thickness of your steel and everything, and the depth of how deep you're, you press in the pattern. Mm-hmm. I agree with that too, yeah. I've I've been trying yeah. to say it about a half an inch or so thick, maybe a little bit thicker than that, maybe like six inch down, and then pressing it in from there. Trying to come up with a Oh, okay. I thought you were pre- yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought you were saying like after the press you were oh. half inch thick and I was like, Well that's, that's pretty big. <laughs> In- interesting so you, you press it when it's that thick then and then i grind it all flat because see i have it but see if you're pressing it at half inch huh. thick you know what yeah what's your what i mean so what's the what's the billet thickness once you step into a ladder you once, know what i mean once like, i'm done the, once it's yeah all ground off the top of it all Press is, yeah, I'm I'm around a quarter of an inch, and from there I'll lightly. Right. Well, it depends on how tight I want the pattern. From there, I might just grind yeah. it from there, or I'll just lightly so, draw it out. I'm with you then on the half inch thickness. Then yeah, I see that because when I've milled it in, I'd say I'm probably three eighths of an inch thick. Actually, probably less than that. Probably maybe like five sixteenths. And then when I forge it down, sometimes you can even still see some valleys left, and I end up grinding past it. But I'm, yeah, I'm relatively thinner when I mill it in. Hmm. See, and I think I might try thinner next time. This last one's been a little, it was a lot of grinding, a little thick. I didn't like the pattern as much, but yeah. Hmm. Give something like that a shot. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for this week. I appreciate uh, everybody tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time.